Come on in. The listening is fine. Welcome to the Carolina Outdoors on this side of your radio dial, Bill Barty. On that side, Wes Lawson. Bill, it's that time of year again. It is false spring. Not quite real spring, not yet the pollening. It's false spring, and we are all paying for it. We are all paying for it. We have our allergies this way, that way, the other way, but that's okay. The Carolina mm-hmm. Outdoors is what we celebrate on this program. Each week, Wes Lawson, Bill Barty, we come in to talk about the different outdoor activities that you can do and also the people that help make those activities possible and help us appreciate what we have. And one of those is going to happen on this segment of the Carolina Outdoors because, Wes, have you ever seen something so beautiful that you wanted to remember it, you wanted to capture it, maybe capture it with a photograph and keep it forever? Yes, and I'm not good at that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, and there's some places in the world that, you know, a a photograph is just hard to capture Mm -hmm. it all. I think of the Grand Canyon Mm -hmm. or Santorini or the enormity of the Himalayas. So for those who have not been to those places, most of us enjoy those through landscape photography. But we're going to find out who takes that type of photography, blends it with artistry of a painting and a modern feel, and what inspires them. And that's what we're going to do right now as we welcome Laurie R. Martin to the Carolina Outdoors to talk to us about photography and an upcoming film release. Lori, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Hey, how are you guys? We are doing We're doing fantastic and we're glad to have you. Um you're featured in an upcoming film called Recapture. But before we get to that, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your career in photography and maybe just ask you how you became first interested in photography. You know, I probably get this from uh, growing up out west and doing a lot of hiking and backpacking with my father. Um, you know, as a kid growing up, we didn't we didn't do the big elaborate trips. We probably spent a lot more time um, just kind of packing up the car and getting off the grid for a week or two and kind of just having a tent up and uh, fishing and hiking and stuff like that. So it's kind of started with that and um you know as I get older I just kind of look back at those memories of things that I used to love to do with my parents but especially my father and you know I've always enjoyed photography um it sort of started at a young age with him um going to these epic destinations and I never really tapped into it seriously till about 20 years ago when um I started kind of pulling up old photos of my dad and our camping trips. And I thought, man, I would really like to go back out to these locations and hike and capture these images again. And um, from there, it just really took off. And uh, it's, it's just sort of in my blood. Now, you've made a name. You talk about pictures of your dad and the memories of those Western trips and uh, uh, kind of iconic places. But you've kind of made your name in landscape photography. Tell us what your interest is in that niche, if you will, and did you have any inspirations um, from a photography standpoint with landscapes? 
I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's just something I feel very passionate about. I didn't start in photography in landscapes. Um, it's, I started shooting editorial. And when I started my photography, I always loved kind of editing the scenery in my editorials, but I really didn't enjoy the personal subject matter so much when it came to the humans. I know that sounds terrible, but I enjoyed more of the landscape aspect of it and just built upon that. And over the years, had an opportunity to really visit some epic destinations. And I make it, um, you know, I've made this my complete goal um, every year to, you know, kind of set out and pinpoint these locations that I want to go to and work within. It's it's a tremendous amount of planning and effort that goes into um, isolating things that I do feel passionate about um, that I do want to capture in photography for landscapes. Um, and it, it always changes. So I can't say that what I was photographing, you know, gosh, even five years ago is the same thing I'm photographing today. Over the last four years, I've developed a huge passion for winter scenes versus more of the I've done a lot of work in the desert. I've done a lot of work in the mountains, um, hiked waterfalls and a lot of the canyon lands. But the last four years have been really consumed with cold weather photography, um, which brings a whole new host of issues and and challenges um, trying to work in really negative cold temperatures. Um, It's completely different. Well, what is it about that environment that draws you? Because so many times, I think, when, when we look out over a vista, we want lush and green. Yeah, every now and then, you know, snow-capped white is pretty, but you're really getting into the elements. I mean, you are sub-zero temperatures holding, you know, holding tight in those places. What is it about the winter landscape that drew you in? You know, I think it, it really does kind of tie back into growing up in Arizona in those really hot temperatures and you know when I was little we used to my dad would say hey we're going on a trip we're going to go up to Flagstaff Prescott or Payson and you know we would pack up the car and head up to see snow and because as a kid you just were never exposed to it out there having the opportunity to spend an hour or two hours and it was always sort of like a a huge deal um so you know, I'm really, really attracted to winter photography. There's a softness about it that, um, you know, it may not be for everybody, but it is kind of my niche. This is sort of what I really enjoy. Um, the challenge of being out there working in those conditions is also kind of interesting to me. New things happen, and I know that it's not something most people want to get out and look at and enjoy, but there are some winter scenes that I walk up on and just think this is so incredible i can't believe that more people are not out here photographing this there's a lot of images out there of a lot of epic locations you know you've got the grand tetons there's zion national park there's so many great locations but when it comes to winter destinations i don't know that there's a lot of people doing it but when i see these scenes i honestly it just sort of melts my heart i think it's just very unique. Um, it's something that I could see that could fill a wall. It really draws you into it. And I don't know, there's just a softness to it that's just uh, really kind of takes my breath away. It's just really beautiful. And I do love the 
you know, trying to isolate sometimes when I am lucky enough to kind of happen upon really aqua-colored scenes that have the really blue or aqua-colored ice. Um, sometimes frozen waterfalls have some of those unique effects. And I know that those are not things that a lot of people have an opportunity to, you know, see or may ne- they may never see things like that. Um, some of these places I go to are either very hard to get to or, um, you know, they're physically demanding to uh, try to get to. And that may not be something a lot of people can see where I think warmer climates um, maybe tend to be more forgiving for people to uh, come out and enjoy. So do you scout locations before you go? Do you have an idea of where you're going, how to get there, everything you're taking? Or are you sort of saying, I'm going to hit this park or this county and I'm going to see what I find and and make the most of it? How do you go about dissinuating what to do and where to go? It's kind of a twofold thing. I always uh, I, I have a very detailed plan. I know exactly where I'm going, when I'm going. Um, when it comes to packing, I will pack my bag probably five or six times. I put everything in. I probably take everything back out because, you know, surprisingly enough, you use a lot of the same things every day. You know, I've got the warmest pair of pants. Those are going to be the same pair of pants I'm probably going to wear for three days. Um, you think you would pack a ton of stuff, but... It's more about packing the right stuff, making sure that you have uh, things for these really cold, cold temperatures. But, you know, even with all the careful planning that you have and mapping out all these things that you kind of see in your mind, it's not always what shakes out at the end as far as the photography. Sometimes, you know, getting there, you kind of see it in your mind how you think it's going to unfold and when you get there, you may end up with just something completely different. And it's always rewarding, you know, whether you think that it didn't unfold the way you you thought it would, I think you always still walk away with something pretty spectacular. Um, You know, it's funny, I hear people say on some of the images that I've shot that those are their favorite images, and I'm thinking, I just don't get it. I don't think that's a great (laughs) image. I think it's just okay. And, you know, for the viewer, I think they see the picture one way but for me i'm actually out there and in it and it could have been an image that i was just walking and grabbed with my camera i didn't set up on a tripod i didn't put a lot of effort into it it ends up being a huge hit and for me i'm thinking well that that just doesn't seem that spectacular and then the ones that i put all the effort into to hike up to a rare spot and set up my tripod and i'm thinking to myself this is going to be amazing and you know, then the viewers are just like, ah, it's okay. <laughs> so you never know. Um, I think you come home with a lot of really great choices, and um, I never kind of judge it. I don't even like to look in my camera until I get home because it's sort of like a Christmas present. You know, I get home and I can open it up on my computer and really sit down with a cup of coffee and take it all in and, you know, kind of filter through those things and see which images kind of lend themselves to my art style and what I'm what I really want to put out there. So when you head out there you've you've packed and repacked a bunch of times which is what we always hear from the people who are experienced in expeditions. You know they they are organized, they're put together and they're somewhat minimalist, but you have to take a fair amount of gear with you. You know your 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 tools and trade 
what kind of cameras and gear and lenses and filters, what all are you hauling out there for these incredible uh, winter landscape pictures? These, I mean, the photography, it really is incredible. Well, thank you so much. Um, well, obviously a good tripod. Um, cold weather brings some different challenges when it comes to a multitude of things. Um, I usually have two to three cameras on me at all time. Um, you know, one that is kind of set up with one type of lens, one with another, one wide angle for more of the landscape. But, you know, for me, the most ideal landscape that I photograph is when I can encompass something from nature and it as far as wildlife. If I can have a wildlife moment in a landscape, for me, that I, I feel like I sort of hit the the peak of what I love doing. That, to me, is the most exciting part of it. So things happen when you're set up on a tripod a lot of the time. You could have a, a wolf or a coyote or a fox or something enters the scene, a bison. And um, for that, now you may have to switch lenses very quickly. So having two cameras is probably more important than trying to have a quick lens change. So um, when I'm out there, you know, before I get out of a vehicle to hike, I typically have one camera around my neck, and then I've got a bag packed. And when I say a bag, I don't mean my backpack. When I'm hiking cold, cold weather, um, you're already challenged with the weight of your clothes. People don't really understand uh, cold weather photography, um, just your, your physical clothes, your boots, your pants, your jackets, your layers. That creates a lot of additional weight and then you've got um altitude which causes a little bit of uh challenge as far as hiking and if the snow's super super thick and heavy you're having to kind of get through that um many times i don't have time to put snowshoes on so i just truck through it as hard as i can to get where i want to go and um having huge heavy backpacks with lots of camera equipment really doesn't work well so kind of selecting two lenses that I think are going to give me the best results. And I like um, Profoto put out a really nice camera sling. Um, it's called, I think it's called the Passport. It's a passport sling. And the thing's so cool, it kind of slides in front of you. You can do a lens change right in front, right under your chin. Um, switch lenses or switch cameras very quickly. Um and, you know, you don't want to get snow inside there when you're trying to do a lens change. If you're out in really difficult conditions, um, it kind of protects you from the elements by being able to put your, you know, camera down in that bag, do the change, then pull it out, and you can work that way. But um, as far as heavy equipment, that is that is your enemy. Um, lightweight parkas, there's a, only, out of all the, the coat companies and manufacturers that are out there, um, you know, the big name brands are actually not your, not your friend in many cases. I think you want to try to go with the lightest weight parkas that you can find, lightest weight boots, um, things that can still keep you very warm. And I yet to this day have to have found a really warm pair of gloves. Um, some of the best gloves I have are actually lower price gloves, but I just stuff them with the little rip-and-tear hand warmers. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. Our guest, Lori R. Martin, landscape photographer. We're going to talk more about an event we have going on at Jesse Brown's. In fact, this portion of 
The Carolina Outdoors is an invitation to you, the listeners of the Carolina Outdoors, to join us on March 8th at Jesse Brown's to watch the new short film by Spherical Films, Recapture. This film features a photographer's quest to recover memories through her landscapes. Directed by David Kernodal and produced by Morgan Patewich and featuring our current guest, Laurie Martin. They'll all be on hand before, during, and after the showing of the film to speak on it, its creation, and to answer questions. And Wes, as TJ's pulling Lori back up, you and I can chat it up because we're learning a little bit about uh, landscape photography and capturing moments and memories. I would like to ask her, because she's honed in on talking about uh, winter landscapes, cold weather landscapes, maybe the scariest, most memorable mishaps. Because who wants to talk about the successes? We'll talk right. about it in the next segment. Maybe we can talk to her about some of the bad things that have happened out there in the cold. Well, you know, we can also talk about the fact that Great Wagon Road Distillery here from Charlotte will also be on hand for that event, sampling some of their spirits as well which is a nice thing to add for the cold climate we'll be viewing. But it's going to be a good, fun event. I can't wait for that. Coming up in two weeks. Oh, yeah, so we should do that. It's all at Jesse Brown's featuring Spherical Films, Great Wagon Road Distilling, um, and our friends from Mountain Khakis as well over there in the outpost. You got it. We're going to take a quick break. Wes Lawson, Bill Barty, the Carolina Outdoors. When we come back, we're going to get to the bottom of the question scariest or most memorable mishap that may have happened to Lori when she's out on one of her uh, uh, photography trips. But first, these messages. 